Hello, welcome to the Town Hall Academy. Carm Capriato right here with a cold, uh, suffering through this. Sorry, my voice isn't quite what it should be. Now, we're here to discuss customer relationships, generating repeat business, and mining for declined work. My panel brought their passionate insights to help you along the way as you commit to being a better marketer. If you haven't done that mining exercise, that's what that's a good way to spend some time because it's it's mind ball. It's blows your mind. It'll blow your mind. So all of my all of my marketing is not designed around getting that initial second customer. The so it is about the second and third visit. Third. Welcome automotive aftermarketers to a remarkable results radio town hall academy. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Hey friends, Carm Capriato here, the Aftermarket Podcast Guy, and welcome to our weekly roundtable with aftermarket professionals, and we call it the Town Hall Academy. Sorry for the scratchy voice. You know, it's so important to give your customers and staff the end-to-end digital experience they deserve. It's time to upgrade your management system to shopware, get more profit in less time. Now find out how to get a free live demonstration and review shop owner testimonials at shop-ware.com. I also want to recognize the support from Jasper Engines and Transmissions. You know, you don't have to worry about quality and customer service with Jasper. It's their number one goal. Their associates take pride in their work, and it shows in the quality drivetrain products they produce. Their quality and customer service has kept them growing for 76 years. I want to remind my fellow Coloradans that I'll be at the ASA Colorado Summit in late January 2020. I'm planning a live Town Hall Academy, and I'm privileged to be able to give my keynote speech. It's also great to meet new friends and see many old ones. Hey, we're talking marketing, mining, and relationships with Kelly Weatherby from Accurate Automotive, Mesa, Arizona, and David Roman from Done With Care Auto Repair in Merriam, Kansas. Find the talking points in my guests' bios and links to their previous episodes at remarkableresults.biz slash A148. Now, Kelly and David shook the tree as it relates to the all-important follow-up visits, referrals, texting, emails, customer shop tours, mystery shoppers, and the importance of your own organic content for your emails and social posts. Here's a big question for you that you're going to find out. Do you know how much your customers' second and third visits are worth to your company? David, the inception of the relationship, I think, is really the seed that starts the discussion, doesn't it? Absolutely. So, uh, I think you use one of Stephen Covey's rules, begin with the end in mind. So as a customer comes in, you start the relationship immediately. And in starting the relationship relationship properly, kind of defining who you are and what you want to do. If the purpose of the organization is to make sure that every vehicle leaves their shop in the best possible condition, the safest, the safest and the most reliable it could possibly be, and you're able to communicate that, and it permeates throughout the entire organization, it sets the groundwork for follow-up, it sets the groundwork for introduction of additional work needed on the vehicle, not just the initial concern. So you're looking to build a strong rapport from minute one? Yes. Absolutely, I would agree. Uh, That's why who you have at the front is so vital, right? Who, Who that 
person is going to see directly coming into your door. Um, and the, and the surroundings, I think, uh, also is very important. Um, you know, what did the customer see when they come in? And I had a customer recently, I called them ahead of time and said, Hey, you know, there's some things that Lee and I are doing and would like to do, uh, soon. Can you just kind of drive up from the time you drive up to the curb and come into the door and ha- be greeted by the, the service manager advisor? Can you just give me some feedback on how that looks for you and just be really honest. And I called the person that I knew would be extremely honest with me without pulling any punches. And I, it's a very uh, good exercise if you might want to, I wanted to throw that out and see. I think it's a great point. I think what she did or you did do, or you continue to do is do some form of mystery shopping. Mm -hmm, That's right. Ever done that, uh, David? I haven't. No. Um, oh, it's, but, you know, it's you read, <laughs> yeah, you read lots of books, and and uh, they all tell you the mystery shop on a consistent basis, especially if the owner isn't there. But I, even then, I think a lot of times we just we look over our own dust bunnies, right? You That's step right. over that mess, and you just ignore it. You've seen it so many times that somebody coming in with a fresh set of eyes can can see it and and give you a different perspective. The interesting thing is, as you say, we ignore our dust bunnies. The, one of the first things she said to me was, she says, Kelly, you have two chairs in your front room that have, um, they're worn out. And I was like, what? You know, they're not that old, but indeed they had some wear marks on them. And I was like, oh, wow, okay. You know, we just, we get used to it. Just like our customers, they'll come in and, you know, they will say their concern and then the mechanic takes it back and he says, they ever say anything about the check engine light or the squealy brakes or, you know, they just get used to it. And yeah. so it's the same concept. I think the word is numb. Yes. We, we do get numb. Uh, if, go back a few weeks, everyone. Look up the Town Hall Academy we did on shop tours, One of the which, is, which are so valuable to do, by the way. I think it was, uh, it may have been Judy Hagland talked about the fact that there was a brick in the front that would hold the door open and why not get a professional doorstop if that's the case instead of a brick what's the brick doing there and and paint and it's the curb appeal of everything and 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 as as david said you know it starts with the the inception of the relationship and you know that that view of the customer so if we're going to jump into this you talked about uh, i just mentioned shop tour but kelly do you do shop tours for customers Oh yes, we we do that all. Lee, Lee, if Lee has a new toy, he can't help himself. He'll constantly be taking kids, you know, people out, and right there on our door it says, you know, please do not pass this door, you know, because our insurance doesn't cover it, right? Liability reasons, and Lee just, you know, takes them on out there. So we do have to um, be careful when we're doing that, um, of course. But um, you know, when we have a new toy, it's just hard not to show it off, and or you know, and and want to highlight a, I think I mentioned in my talking points, highlight a employee, you know, um, you want to see an employee's face light up is, you know, take somebody out who's a new customer and introduce this person to them. You know, that's a great thing to do. Thank you for that. Now, one of, I think one of the smartest minds on marketing in our industry is sitting on this episode here with me, David Roman. And every time I've ever had a chance to listen to David, if you will, rant on marketing. I've always been extremely inspired, and I've had a couple of chances to do that in a mastermind group. And so, David, uh, you believe in the customer life cycle and defining it. Could you, could you go into that with us? 
so def defining the the customer life cycle is is imperative because it starts to dictate what you need to do for and with the customer from step one, from customer acquisition, bring them in as a cold lead, as a warm lead, a referral source, or whatever. And then what does it look like for them? What's their experience in the shop, uh, inspection process, getting the estimate, uh, selling the work, receiving service, and then the biggest opportunity is all on the back end. What does the follow-up look like? Are we just doing two to three day phone calls to see to check in for service? Are we asking for reviews? Are we then bringing up declined services? Are we bringing up oil services? But all of that is set up on the front end. If they know that the, the, the reason why you're doing all this is to make sure that their vehicle is safe and reliable, then it sets, again, it sets the groundwork for you doing all this follow-up on the back end. But there are so many opportunities to stay in contact with your customer throughout the, the, our way after the sale, two to three days out, uh, a week out, two weeks out, a month out, and just on a consistent basis, reaching out and staying in contact and not necessarily and not just for, and this is really important, it's not just about asking for additional sales. I think that's the, the, the biggest problem. That's where we end up failing our customers is because it's like we're just going out, going back out to the well. We're running a little dry. We just need to dip back into the well. Um, let's pull up decline services and call these customers back. That's not how it should be. It should be about providing value to the customer and, and, and building that relationship. And then it, it becomes a natural process then to, to bring up the fact that there is still needed work on that vehicle and you still need to get it done. Don't ignore it. Um, it, it becomes absolutely natural. It isn't a, a, a situation where you're looking for a script or you don't know what to say or you're uncomfortable in making the phone call. It's, you know, it's the natural progression of their life cycle. They're going to be expecting a touch or two more without feeling like abused, right? Yeah, they're, so they're going to get several touches. It's not just one. Right. So we strive for weekly interaction with our customer. And it more than just blasting out a, a random social media post, which, you know, Facebook buries and they'll never see. But, you know, understanding what, where your customer likes to be interacted with. You know, my customers are through email. Uh, I get ridiculous open rates on my emails, which is something everybody should be tracking. But it could be text, it could be a phone call, it could be mail, it could be a, a thousand different ways to interact with your customer. But there should be consistent touching to or uh, talking to the customer uh, and, and having that consistent contact will allow you to then ask for additional sales. But you've already set it up by providing value to them on a consistent basis. Uh, Dan Kennedy calls it uh, being a, an invited guest rather than a, uh, a, 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 a pest. Uh, so that, that's how we should be setting up our interaction with our customers. And, and that's from the very beginning, from the minute that they walk in the shop. So permission marketing, go back to Seth Gooden. Um, is it important to be sure your customer knows that you're going to communicate with them in a certain way? Yeah, and, and they, they should be getting that from the get-go. I mean, they should know that, hey, this is going to be a long-term relationship. And that should be prevalent in your marketing, too. It isn't just, hey, come on in. Uh, you know, it's, it's easy. And I, I'm not trying to disparage the tactic. It's fine. But it's easy to just send out a bunch of mailers uh, with a with a really really low ball offer, get a whole bunch of customers in, and you know 
get as much work as you can out of them out the door they go and then start the process all over again nothing drives me nuttier than seeing the the let's get acquainted special you give some ridiculous deal to a customer you've never met you don't know who they are you have no idea what they're like and yet you're offering them this deal of a lifetime and ignoring your existing customers that you do know that you've already built a relationship with, you're not offering them that great deal. It's new customers only. It says it on the coupon. Why would you do that? What message are you sending to your existing customers? I'm not that worried about you. I'm just going to assume yeah. you're going to come back. I agree. Thanks, thanks for coming in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and think about how hard you have to work when you're constantly just looking for that new customer to come in. You're working way harder to get that to happen than you are to just build a relationship with the customer that's already coming to you, who already has trusted you, who you've already had a contact with face-to-face. And like you said, you already do know them. So I, I couldn't agree with you more on, on that, um, building the relationship from the get-go, as soon as they come in the door. If you send out a mailer like that, you, Mr. Service Professional, who's listening to this, and there's a whole bunch of them out there, you've done it. Put yourself in the in the receiver's hands when you get it. Have you ever gotten a, a mailer like that and said, hey, what about me? What's in it for me? I'm a loyal, I you know, I, maybe I spend a couple thousand a year at your shop between all the family's vehicles. You bring up a great point, David. So if you're not doing that, then what kind of drip, if you will, marketing are you doing? At our shop, we... We go through a whole process. We put them into a, uh, a campaign that allows them, uh, that allows us to stay in contact with the customer through email. We send out um, monthly mailers out to our existing customers. We we have landing pages attached to those mailers so they can schedule online. the The message in those mailers, the message in the emails as well, is we appreciate you having been our existing customer, and we give you the best deals. Uh, we want you to come back again, uh, over and over and over again, uh, and we're not we're not giving these these uh, these great deals to just anybody. So we we communicate that in our marketing, but the actual tactic doesn't matter. It's whatever works for you and your customers. Because what works for me is email and the occasional uh, mailer, either a newsletter or okay. a, an actual letter. Uh, you need to determine what's best for you and your shop and what you can do with consistency too. Um, but the, the message behind it needs to be, I'm here to provide you value. I'm here to uh, educate you, inform you, entertain you, be interesting and engaging with you, um, not just through the occasional Facebook post. I, I have to stress that enough. It's like, oh, I get on social media and I'll, I throw this you know, random meme out there or I throw this post up there and I'm assuming people are seeing it. Your database might be 2,000 people long and look at your post engagement on Facebook. You might have 50 people looking at that post. Um, That's not a good way to communicate with your customers. You need to find out how they want to be communicated with and reach out in that fashion. But with consistency after the sale and in perpetuity for forever. These aren't posts where you're asking for work. These are probably just organic, safety-related, uh, informational type of emails. This last email I sent out uh, for, for Thanksgiving, I talked about, hey, we're going to be closed yesterday and today, and we're, we'll be open back up on Monday. Um, I, I told a story about my father-in-law scorching the gravy. 
Perfect. And, and that's what it was about. There's there were pictures of my kids um, in these. They were like nine months old uh, at the time, but they were in these little outfits and they had uh, a turkey on their butts. Uh, and that that was the email and the, the email header. And I can see her face there. See that that's the face yeah. everybody makes when they see exactly. The baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I'm connecting with my customer in that fashion uh, on a different level than just hey, you know, make sure to air up your tires. Like okay, well that's it's good information, but it's boring. It's boring for me. It's boring for anybody else that reads it. Nobody cares. So, should you slide a few of those in there? Absolutely, slide a few of those in there. But engage with your customers on a different level. Don't be afraid to you know open yourself up. Share about your family. Share about your technicians' family, their lives, what they like to do, and you'll connect with your customer on a completely different level. That's what I'm talking about is those kind of emails. Um, a, a great person to follow, is a, his name is David D. Um, and, you know, he sells stuff. But if you get on his email list, he sends one a day. And they're five miles long, and they're about his family and his travels. And is he selling something in there? Yes. Am I selling stuff in my emails? Yes. But the the introduction the rolling into the sale is is so smooth and it's just it's because we're connecting on a different level on a much more personal level it isn't just hey you need to learn more about your car here's some information on transmission fluid people don't care about that kind of stuff it's a soft sell yeah, a very soft yes let's talk about who it is again david d you said is the email to yeah. that's interesting and uh obviously just that's Google them. Great, and Google great. them, and you, it's a free email list. I, I get that's, that's a great. That great. List. That's great info. I've written it down. I hope. I hope everybody <laughs> listening has written it down. So thank you for that, David. Sure. Hey, Carm here, and I bet you think of your shop management system every day and wonder if it's time to make an important change—a change to a modern, efficient, and powerful system. Now, instead of thinking about your old system, I want you to consider Shopware a comprehensive cloud-powered shop management system that gives your customers an end-to-end digital experience that will help you sell more services while making your customers happier. And who doesn't want happier customers? In a study of work orders written and shared on Shopware, sharing the digital work order with your customer generated a 12% increase in their likelihood to buy. Now that translates to additional sales in your business. And with Shopware's proprietary parts GP optimizer, You can boost your parts margin with the click of a button and leave behind the pain of managing an old parts matrix. Put solid gross margin dollars back in your business because Shopware puts huge computing power into making you successful. Now it's time. Make the switch to Shopware. Get a free live demonstration at shop-ware.com and find out how you can make more money from happier customers. Hey, I'm with Brian Weeks from ATC Auto Center. Hey, are your customers investing in Jasper? Absolutely. Um, and I think that uh, the biggest thing is, is in the world of automotive nowadays, uh, let's don't talk about parts and labor so much. You know, when you, when you look at the mechanical side of it and look at the parts and labor side, you know, you're, you're selling cu- the customer a transmission, but what you're really doing is selling peace of mind. So it's not hard convincing customers to invest in their vehicle. Uh, we don't feel like it is. Uh, we, we haven't really had an issue with that. You know, it's, it's not for everybody. And, you know, in certain situations, you may have uh, somebody that doesn't necessarily see that value, but it's our responsibility to show the value that Jasper has. It's not about your transmission is going to shift through all five gears now. 
It's more about you can take the kids to soccer this evening without having a problem. You'll be able to make it to work tomorrow without a problem. You can go on that vacation and not have a worry. That's what it's more about. And Jasper provides that so that we can offer that to the customer. Hey, Brian, thanks for your time. Carm, thank you. Community involvement for you, Kelly, that's important to you know maintain the relationship? Yes. I mean, I've done a lot of things, but um, recently one of the things that stood out in my mind or stands out in my mind is we, we did a 5K run and it's coming up again for the 22 Too Many. It uh, focuses about the veterans' um, suicide rate. And um, when you get to the 5K run, um, if you are not running for someone who is close to you, you can pin a veteran's um, picture on yourself on your shirt or whatever, uh, of someone who has taken their life. And I posted it on different social medias. And I had a woman text me or email me. I think she did email me and said, um, do you know this person? How do you know this person? And I said, well, I don't know this person, but it's a you know great cause. And I went on about how I became involved. I said, do you know this person? She said, it's my son. And I just, I got such an emotional, I mean, I get emotional now, you know, and um, so those are really close. Um, When it, we have warm socks for warriors, we send warm socks, you know, we just do things like that. I mean, you just, when you're, my dad was a World War II fighter bomber. So things that are veteran related or service, you know, the armed services are important just mean a lot to me. Um, breast cancer, we had uh, quite a few breast cancer uh, events, uh, especially a couple of years ago because our service manager, uh, Eric's wife, went through breast cancer. So it hit really close to home. So we raised some money for them and that kind of thing. So uh, coats for Christmas for youngsters uh, is, a, is a big one with a local bank that that takes care of food and clothes for for underprivileged kids and families. So Kelly, your your community profile seems very very high, and I commend you for all the things that you're doing. Do you you invest in this because it's good for the business too? Well, yes. Anytime Lee and I are out together, I'm not talking about you know profits. You're trying to profit from it, but right. your your heart your heart's in the right place. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, our exposure. Uh, in causes that mean something to us and therefore we're exposed to people in, you know, mass quantities of people gather at these things typically, which gives us that exposure, which then does drive customers to our shop. And again, it might be, you know, leaning back towards what David's saying, you know, it gives them that introduction to what Lee and I are about, right? And kind of gives them that glimpse into us away from the shop. And not just like trying to get in their pocketbook. You know what I mean? Because a lot of customers are like, hey, you know, they feel abused. You know, they have a, they have, they, we, we provide a great value and we have a service that we are, you know, excited to help people with. Um, But it doesn't take away from the fact that sometimes customers just flat out feel abused. And so how can we build that relationship with customers, with people who then we, hope in turn become customers who then we can build a relationship and they trust us with their car repair when they have a need for that. You know, David, it seems to me that all that she's doing in the community is just great for like the email 
work that you do to be able to organically speak to the event and the story of the you know her son on your it to me that's where else do you get really good email content but from the real world yeah and, and i think she she needs to leverage that so if you're not if you're not sending that out to all of your existing customers not just participating in the event but you know promoting the event and sending out several emails in a row all about this one topic i mean everybody complains about not knowing i don't know what to send the email about i mean all of your community involvement should be included in your email uh communication with your customers your letters to your community with your customers in your mailers too you don't have to have the car and you know we fix everything and the guy pointing up to the to the coupon you don't have to have that in there like yeah. you know talk about your community involvement in there I mean, you slide the sale in and it becomes a much smoother process for the customer. I certainly have had my eyes open this morning that I could be better at that. Um, and I'm sure many people listening are feeling the same way. So thank you for that direction. Hey, uh, texting, uh, are you a fan of it, David? I'm okay with texting. What The problem is if you're texting randomly a customer that you haven't seen in six months, and they have a laundry list of work and they get the random text from you saying, hey, you need to come in for some decline services or you need to come in because you didn't get all this other work done. And there's been no other communication with that customer. They haven't gotten a thank you letter in the mail. They didn't get a thank you text. Maybe they received a phone call after the service. Uh, there's been no other communication. And all of a sudden they're getting text messages. That's where the, the problem lies. Is that, Again, it's the idea of going back to the well. We're running a little dry. We need to go back to the well. If the process is I'm going to stay in contact with this customer and cultivate the relationships that I have with these customers on a long-term basis, if you then put them on a different campaign because they do have declined work, that sends that extra email saying, hey, come back, on, come back in to get that alignment done, the struts done or whatever, they're already getting great communication through through other means and in other formats with you. And so, you know, you're developing that relationship. Like she's connecting with veterans. Well, she's got that powerful message that she can then use over and over and over again and connect with everybody that's in the armed forces that has family in the armed forces. You're going to connect on a different level with every single one of those people. And then if you do send the random text out that says, hey, I've got a great deal on this, you would benefit from it because I know you had that claim service, then, you know, they're going to buy much more easily than, than just sending the random text. That, that's what annoys me. It's, just, it's the random text. It's the way we're communicating with our customers. You think it's being a pest? Yeah. <laughs> I don't like it. I, would, I personally wouldn't like it. But again, it, I am sure it's effective because a lot of people use it. And maybe that's what your shop is about. If that's the way you want to run the shop, that's fine. That's that, but there are other ways. It doesn't have to be just that way is my point. Do you have the ability to take the de declined work from your SMS and move it into uh, a, some kind of marketing funnel? I use software, so yes. <laughs> oh, you do. Oh. I did not know. Well, there you go, David. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> we don't use software, but we do have a way of, you know, okay. we are on a constant basis uh, communication through text. Um, a lot of our customers like um, us to text them. Um, we have more people that like text than emails, uh, just personally. I, I believe that's what our 
I'm going to say that I believe our customers are wanting to be uh, communicated through text. So we do the recommended services. We we do the thank yous. We do the haven't seen you in a while. We do text blasts, like I talked about. Um, we did a holiday travel, you know, from our home to your home. We want you to arrive safely to your loved ones. If you have, you know, travel this season, we'd like to see you to make sure you're going to be safe. More like that kind of text blast. Um, so we use text I love the thing that David mentioned earlier about, you know, or, or maybe it was you, Kelly, I don't remember about the air on the tires. Now, if that email went to my wife, she would say, you know, David sent me an email. Have you checked the air pressure in, you know, yeah, honey, I have TPMS. What's that? That part is fine, right? Obviously, you need to do that. But tell a story in there. Yeah. How many cars come into your shop where it's like it's gratuitous, right? Something horrible happened and you're like, man, this could have been really dangerous. Well, there's a story you can you can write out. It writes itself, and the moral of the story is get your tire pressure checked, right? And now that becomes a lot more engaging. You can do I that. I like that. That's so you leverage that in on Facebook. You you put something much shorter in on Google. Your Google My Business page, which will help your organic uh, rankings, right? And then uh, you've got your email content for the week. You can create landing pages around it. There's a thousand different things that you can do. We've got so much information coming in, so many stories we could tell on a daily basis. Yeah. We don't use that, and then we're just like, "Oh, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna take this one post from this company that I buy the post from, and we're just gonna blast it <laughs> out." And they're just, they're boring. And they, and people start ignoring them because they all look the same, right? You get you maybe the the customer went to your shop and then they went to a Firestone or they went to somebody else and then somebody else and they all get the same message, same oh, email, gosh. the same like, or, you know, you, you see what I'm saying? Like they get the same thing from all of them. And they're like, well, I, I guess they're buying that. The, the initial email that my customers get the first time they come to my shop, I tell them specifically that I write these emails myself, that I don't buy it from some service. I make sure I have to point that out to distinguish myself that I, Hey, I take the time to write these things out to communicate with you on a personal level I don't buy this from anybody. Um, and so that, again, that's, it's about cultivating that relationship. It's not that's just, a valid, that's a valid point. I mean, cause most people think that it is something organically that we're putting out there until they get that two or three from this different businesses, but same post. It's like, okay, well they, now it's not genuine. It's not authentic. It's just a way to touch me again, to get my money. The te- here I have the test. I have the test. Does this sound like David or Kelly speaking to me? Yeah. Because because that's what you, when you, when I read an email that I know came from someone that I know, I've either listened to them, they're an author that I've read, or they're a friend, I, I, I see the genuinity of it based on how it speaks to me. So I'm just thinking, we're building, you know, we, we put in a lot of effort into this whole building a relationship and then we send them, you know... And disingenuous and off the shelf deal. something, yeah. <laughs> yeah, cookie cutter. And, and then off the kaboom, shelf. there goes all that effort right down the stock toilet. photos. Oh, no, no stock. We photos. all have we we all have these things here. The ridiculous cameras. They put out beautiful pictures. Walk around and take pictures of your staff, of your shop, the vehicles in the, in your shop, of yourself. You know. Make it genuine, make it organic, make it interesting and engaging. Put yourself out there. And Carm said it perfectly. It's your voice. Your customers should know your voice. And I'm guessing that if you don't 
if you don't take the effort, and, and again, this is just one way to do it. You can do it a thousand other ways, but this is just the way we do. My customers, I want my customers to know my voice, my sense of humor, you know, my, my tongue-in-cheek comments. Uh, they should know it. And when they see an email come through, they know it's from me because it sounds like all the other communication. They know it's not, you know, a cookie cutter. It's not off the shelf. It's not a stock photo. That looks like Dave's shop. Of course, that's what we did. We took a picture from Dave's shop. It wasn't taken from Adobe Photos and yeah. just slapped in there with some random guy that doesn't work in your shop. Um, and, and if you're going to use stock photos, by the way, I'm going to get into just <laughs> tiny, tiny <laughs> way. If you're going to use go. stock photos, make sure it matches what it looks like in your shop. You know, I, I had somebody <laughs> send me a stock photo and they're like, hey, this is just a placeholder. It was a guy on the ground you know, jack stands, you know, turning a wrench underneath the vehicle and coveralls. I, you know, the shop doesn't look anything like that. They don't work on the ground. They've got lifts, right? Yeah. It should match what the shop look like. It looks like, not just whatever. Very and don't trust, don't trust the services to know either. They don't know. They're not in your shop. You have to guide them. You have to say, hey, that, that stock quote is not going to work. You need to find something. Do you different. believe in services, David? You know, I, I use services. Everybody uses services. You can't do it all yourself. You cannot do it all yourself. <laughs> You're only one man, David. You're only but, one person. But you are providing the content. Emails I write myself. All of my emails I write myself. But it brings up a good point. I wanted to say something super quick. Because I remember <laughs> back when we were in Leading Ladies, we were just learning how to do posts and things like that. And they were even mentioning how much better the posts are when they aren't looking professional, you know, when it looks like I am kind of stumbling or kind of, you know, and I make fun of myself or whatever it is. Right. Uh, so it's just authentic and it looks more natural as unnatural as I seem in front of the camera until I get comfortable yeah. or whatever. Right. Yeah. Now let, let me explain something. Uh, when we're done with this today, uh, Ann and I are going to go out and just hang out at some stores to do this Black Friday immersion. Not that I have anything to buy, <laughs> but it's just, we, we just like to observe you people. You can't help yourself. <laughs> we like to observe people and what a day to look at people. Am I right, David? That's Kevin? right. Okay. So uh, sticking in with what David was saying, that there's a story, look for a story. It's very possible that for the next email that I put out on a new episode, I may just stumble upon something I observed, something I felt that I could turn into a, you know, a paragraph or two inside of an email. And, and that, you know, it, it, it's family, it's friends, it's sports, you name it. It doesn't have to be about automotive, right, David? It could be about burnt gravy. <laughs> well, yeah. is David is David a fan of Seinfeld? Because it kind of seems like it. it's like you know, it's a story about nothing. It's a story yeah, about a story our lives. About it's a story about our crazy experiences. I mean, how many times have you been sitting at your shop and you're going, "Oh my gosh, I could be a reality show"? Because it no, you can't write this stuff. You know, it's yeah. it's crazy world. We live in a crazy world, and we are exposed to quite a lot of. Uh, the public and so we have we they just keep giving us uh content yeah, don't they right? they do they give you so, lots of content you I'll just gotta be able to recognize it, and it your warped sense of humor has to pick up on it so david i i believe you're very anal when it comes to managing your client based um how do you convert someone who's just not responding to all of the outputs that you're giving? Do you actually manage that? You mitigate it. 
can you yeah and, and you can't and here's the thing like if you are and here's the caveat right here's the bad here's the catch right if you if you put yourself out there you inject a lot of personality a lot of yourself into your marketing into your communication with your customers you're going to alienate some people because you're just you're not you're not going to mesh with some people right. it's just life there's That's nothing right. you can do That's right but you will mesh a whole lot uh, more closely, a lot better with the people that do match well with you. And so the whole relationship will be a lot easier because they're a good fit for you and your shop and the way you do business. Does that scale? It scales, but to only to a certain point. If you, the, the way you want to, to mass market and appeal to as many people is to water everything down and you water everything down so you can start uh, targeting the fat part of the bell curve. However, and, and sometimes you do have to do that. Um, and, and it just depends on your shop. I run a smaller shop. Uh, and so I'm okay being a teeny tiny niche in a very large pond. But to those people, I connect on a completely different level than I would if I watered my message down. Did that answer your question? It did, and it and it prompts this next one. I've been to your shop. You've done the uh, inspections. I have a leaky boot on my CV axle. I only had time to have uh, tires and an oil change done, and I really know I should get this done. How are you going to get me to get back in there? How are you going to drip out that campaign to get me in there for that leaking boot? Now we're talking tactics, right? Yeah. So I use a custom campaign uh, piece of software that cr allows me to create custom campaigns. I want the first email to go out immediately. I want this, the next email to go out two to three days later. And it, it's set, it not only set to how long, but what time the email goes out, because there are certain times of day where the emails get opened a lot better than other times, mm -hmm. right? And you need to play with that. Uh, and then it, it triggers a task for my service advisor to make that first phone call. And then a week later, another email goes out and another email and then another email. And depending on when that service advisor opens that file up and they see that customer, they check for, did we do an oil change? It's an oil and filter service, by the way. Did we do an oil and filter service? Yes or no. Was it full synthetic or our standard? And uh, do they have any declined work? If it's a yes on those items, they get tagged a certain way. That sends them down a completely different funnel. They get our regular communication through our follow-up campaign, but they're not going to get a completely unique campaign of emails and letters and texts, whatever needs to get them back in the door. If you keep sending them out material and they don't communicate or they don't like, they never respond it. to it. Yeah. You they you did everything you could. Um, does it? You know, and try everything. So you email, text, phone call, letter. If somebody doesn't come back in for an oil and filter service at my shop, they get all of it. <laughs> they get the text, phone call. Hey, yeah, they need to come back. And you're gonna. And one of my emails says, "Hey, you're gonna blow up your car. This is ugly. This is gonna get bad." And um, and, and so you do absolutely everything. But to your question earlier, are you gonna get everybody? No. But you'll be surprised of your return rate. It's going to be phenomenal because most shops don't do any of these things and you're doing all of it. Now you still keep them on your follow-up campaign, just that weekly 
touch, that weekly communication. If they were a right fit for you and you want to put them in a different campaign where you're sending them a newsletter every month or you're sending them a, a coupon mailer or something like that, you can do that. But at least keep them in some type of campaign for forever in perpetuity until they opt out. Um, what software? Because you want to, you never know. I use Entreport. Say I use Entreport. 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 Yeah, but there's a lot of them out there. There's, you know, there's Kazaa. There's Infusionsoft. That's the big boy in in, in town. Uh, everybody uses Infusionsoft. You can use. Uh, you can build these campaigns through ClickFunnels. There's a bunch of different pieces of software. They're like. They're just like uh, My Shop Manager. Mechanic Advisor, right. Mechanic Net. They're just like that, but it's entirely customizable. And so you can build something that's unique to you, that fits your customer base, that fits the way they want to be communicated. You can make the, the emails look like they came from you. They've got pictures of your shop. They've got you know your signature at the bottom. Like You can customize all of it for your shop. Is it a ton of work? Yes, it's a ton of work. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, it's a lot of work. But um, it gives you a leg up. It gives you a, a uniqueness to your shop that they don't experience anywhere else because you did put in the work rather than just buying a service and, you know, the street down, the, the shop down the street is trying to, is going to buy their service too because that service is trying to get everybody, you know, to buy their service, which is fine, right? That's, a, that's what they do. But then, the communication starts coming in and it looks the same. That's where you want to... Your, your point was is that you're going to do a Facebook post and you're going to be lucky that, you know, uh, one-tenth of your customer base sees it, but you still feel good that you did it. Did something. Yeah, that you did something. Hey, I learned a lot. I thought this was very interesting. I think we could go on for another hour. I really do. But uh, it's Black Friday and I'm hitting the road so I can go watch people. Uh, <laughs> Kelly, I'll give you the, your last word. Anything uh, final? First and foremost, I just want to thank David because I I put down lots of notes and I have a lot of work to do. We, you know, we're going through a little bit of a reorganization of um, t- uh, who's going to handle what task and I'm on marketing and I've sloughed off some of my really big um, daily tasks. And so I'm, I'm pumped up and I'm excited about, um, you know, some of the ideas that I've learned and written down. So thank you, David, for that. And also, um, as we were talking, maybe I'll just throw out this, uh, YouTube uh, Sticky Church. It's about how to be more sticky and not to lose those customers out the back door. It's a great YouTube and it's worth your while um, if you're looking to keep your customers sticky in church. your shop. I yeah, Sticky it. Church. <laughs> wow. Kelly Weatherby, Accurate Automotive, Mesa, Arizona. Thanks for being here. Uh, David, how much time do you spend uh, out of your week on marketing? As much time as I can. Uh, I, the best marketer for your business is, is you, the shop owner. The, you're the best marketer. You should be really careful about giving that responsibility to somebody else. Because they're, it's going to be really difficult for them to emulate your voice, to have your personality, and you know be able to send out communication through media and, and have the message that reflects your customer base. Nobody knows your business like you do. Nobody knows your customers like you do. Nobody knows your technicians, what services you provide well. 
uh, exceptionally well, better than you do. You should be the marketer for your for your business. And to the point that <laughs> that's the reason why we got on here on the follow up, everything, every all of the sales are done in the follow up. That, that's where your 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 money maker is. At my particular shop, the second time visit is worth six times the initial visit. In my numbers, Isn't that amazing. That's it's crazy, a, right? If you haven't done that mining exercise, that's what that's a good way to spend some time because it's it's mind ball. It blows your mind. It'll blow your mind. So all of my all of my marketing is not designed around getting that initial second customer. The first, it is about the second and third visit. Third. <laughs> everything, everything has to be built around there because that's where I make all of my money. All my profit is generated on that second and third visit. So that should permeate all of my marketing. And if you're very intentional about that, then it'll reflect in the, your messaging and what media you use uh, and, and who you're targeting. But if you're just, if, if you're looking at it on a very surface level and you're not diving deep into it, you're not putting the time and effort, you're doing yourself a huge disservice. You're doing your shop a huge disservice by funneling the wrong type of customers in your shop. You're frustrated constantly with low sales, low profitability, customers that feel like they're cheap, that they don't buy anything. Oh, these customers around here won't buy anything. I can't raise my labor rates because they won't buy from me. That's all done. That's all a reflection of your marketing. That's, that's all a building. reflection of who you've been bringing into the shop. And how so, you have lacked in building your relationships because when they trust you, they will spend money in your shop. And it, the more you can add value to your uh, crew, you know, the people that support you, um, the better off you're going to be. You make a perfect point. You think, think about trust. Think about building that trust with your customer. You're going to be able to build a relationship and build trust with somebody that likes you, that knows you, and is very familiar with you, right, from an innate right. level. You, you, as soon as you start talking about you know, veteran stuff and charities that, that contribute to, to veteran causes, you're going to connect with somebody on a completely different level. And that's going to immediately build that trust level way up as opposed to just bringing anybody in. So is it about building trust? Absolutely. But if you bring the right customers in from the get-go, you're going to be able to build trust a lot, uh, a lot faster, a lot more easily. And then when you do follow back up and say, hey, we need to come back in for these services, you know, you're just a friend giving advice. Right. And, and so yeah. they're going to listen to you a lot more easily than they would uh, a lot more effectively than, than they would if it was just somebody else trying to sell them something else. Your energy is infectious. Thank you so much. I, I love it. I'm just like a sponge. I'm just, I just, I'm loving it. And when I reached out to ask David to come uh, on this because I knew this was, uh, you know, right in his wheelhouse, <laughs> I was so happy. It looks like he's putting up the Christmas tree behind him and you stopped just enough time so that you could be with us. <laughs> Thank you, David Roman. Done with Care Auto Repair, Miriam Kansas and Kelly Weatherby. Thank you so much for giving up your Black Friday to be with us. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time. 